0: On this tax-free episode of the Lollygaggers Podcast, we dive deep into film lore to review the Shaquille O'Neal-fronted Kazam, and then immediately re-record our episode to properly review Shazam, which is what we actually intended. For the Gentleman's Challenge, Justin cowardly avoids streaming his Resident Evil 2 playthrough while Jeff talks love, death, and robots. Welcome to episode number 49 of the Lolly Lollygaggers podcast, the show about all sorts of different things from comics to games, movies to TV. I am one of your hosts, Jeff. one, Justin. What's up, man? Been a long time. I don't know if we're going to remember how to do this. It's been a couple of weeks since we've recorded. Honestly, uh, did we know how to do it in the first place? That's, the real that's true. That's true. Uh, I agree with that part. I mean, we know how to talk, not, you know, intelligently. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's been yeah, it's been really busy for for both Justin. Justin's been doing some traveling, I've been doing some traveling, but job stuff, and then uh, yeah, all sorts of crazy things going on. So our our uh, exciting schedule, things, but crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just sort of put a, a little bit of a, a damper in some of uh, the recording uh, of what we uh, what we've been doing, but we're gonna start getting on track here, I think. I Basically, think.
1: we've been picked up by the Nerdist.
0: Uh, 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 I don't man. And That's, we're now making six figures that. for this podcast. I, so I didn't get that memo. Uh oh, was that yeah. just yeah.
1: That was just me, I guess. I guess it was a solo thing. I signed a bunch of contracts. Wow. They, they asked
0: about you. I said oh, wow. I'm I sure can't, he's okay with it. I can't believe you just did that. Wow. I, you, business opportunity. you went all Justin Timberlake on me. Oh my god. Yeah. I it's made tired. my own track. It's great. Brittany broke my uh, heart, but I'm good now. So anyway, uh we have been doing a variety of things the past couple of weeks, but, uh, and we'll get to those over the course of the next couple of episodes. But what we really want to do for this episode is we want to talk about a movie that just came out this weekend called Shazam.
1: Yeah, Shazam. It's the movie <laughs> Breakdown. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Shazam, with an exclamation point, uh, is the newest DC Comics superhero movie to release. It's directed by David F. Sandberg, uh, and the 2019 film stars Asher Angel as Billy Batson. Uh, Billy is a 14-year-old orphan who inherits the magical powers of the aging wizard Shazam, which allows Billy to transform into a well-padded, somewhat swole Zachary Levi, who is Billy's adult-looking self. Now, with the help of his new friend, Freddy, uh, Billy explores the extent of these powers in increasingly funny and disarming YouTube videos that they post online. Now, all the while, another person, Thaddeus Savannah, who's played by, in my opinion, the always fantastic Mark Strong, uh, he was rejected by Shazam decades ago as a child and is now has kind of like a revenge or envious situation going on. And he's seeking out Shazam in an effort to eliminate the only threat to the power that he has managed to find, via his, his alliance with the Seven Deadly Sins. Now, we're going to do our best not to spoil too much from the movie, uh, but if you want to go into Shazam without any sort of spoilers, it's best to skip ahead now to the Gentleman's Challenge and come back here after you've watched the movie yourself. So with that warning in mind, Justin, what do you think is Shazam? Well, usually this is when I say,
1: hey, I'm a homer, why don't you start? I'm going to start. Cause, you know, it's been a while. And uh okay. I got a lot to okay. say about okay. this film. All right. So first off, this film's garbage. All right. Zachary Levi, ugly. Um Asher Angel is his name. Can't stand him. Uh this is but- what
0: Justin calls sarcasm. He's like it's misdirection. He's saying these things. In case in case the audience didn't get Justin's subtlety. Uh I don't know what you're talking about. Actually, the only thing I do have to say about the main character boy, Asher, was Asher.
1: Angel? Asher Archer, Asher, what's his name? Asher Angel. Asher Angel. Yeah. Does he not look like a boy version of Maisie Williams? Is that just me? That I
0: uh, I was seriously watching the whole movie. I'm like, who does he look like? Who does he Ari look like? Because he looks like somebody. And then you're absolutely right. He looks like he looks like yeah Maisie Williams, uh, uh, Arya from, uh, from from Game of Thrones. Totally, I totally agree with that.
1: So I really like this movie. It's probably my favorite DC film. You know, other than like the Dark Knight films, because I think those, but they're completely different, like,
0: mood. Yeah, and stuff. I mean, like uh, of like the whole Justice League era, you know, yeah, like yeah. This, this most recent era, like those Christopher Nolan films aren't really part of the the greater. They're they're uh, like it's canon, its own. so yeah, yeah.
1: But um, I thought Zachary Levi was fantastic when they first cast him. I was like, what is this? Chuck is going to play a superhero, and I thought he was a perfect casting because he had a very childlike wonder to him um, and the way he acted it was very good because the whole idea is that he is a 14 year old stuck in a massive dude's body um, which I, you know very much like a, a big scenario um, and there's some homage to big which I thought was funny it was very subtle but a small homage to big um, yeah, 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 Mark Strong was great um, he did a great American
0: accent um, there wasn't a single crack in it once I thought he was fantastic I well liked- Mark Strong's been doing a bunch of stuff without having to like he, he's he's been so much at this point i don't think he i think he can get away with it because he was on this amc show for a really long time uh called i think it was like low winter sun and he had to do like a whole english accent or excuse me uh american accent the whole time so i think he's he's got it he's got it
1: i'm glad to see him bounce back from sinestro as well so that's that's good um found himself a dc villain that works uh but i i enjoyed him very much as a villain. Uh, I thought his motivations and what he was doing were clear and made sense. Um, All the kids that act in the movie are very good. Uh, Even the little little sister, the little black girl, I thought was the cutest thing ever in the movie. I thought she was just so sweet and cute. Um,
0: Well, she's a really good sister, so that helps. Yeah, she's a great sister. I thought the story
1: was great. And one of the reasons why I like the story is there's a lot of – there's so many little things where they set seeds and there's payoff. There's so many like uh, foreshadowings early in the movie and everything pays off over time from suitcase wedgies to uh, uh, do you want to fly or be invisible? There's so many little things that happen in the movie that as the time goes by, they pay off and they pay off very well. Um, And I really, really enjoyed that. I was watching a, one of the podcasts I like to watch is a uh, red letter media. And they're talking about uh, the rocketeer and how good the rocketeer is because everything that happens in the rocketeer has a setup and a payoff. And this very much was like that. There's lots of setups. Storylines in this movie that paid off over time that were very, very good, and I enjoyed.
0: Are you perhaps overselling some of that? Like the idea of the, the suitcase wedgie being like they're a payoff, like it was just a callback, like, sure. Like but you're, like, you're, there's you're, little don't, don't act like this is some like huge, well crafted like plot with intricacies and like oh, we were sure, established a but there's little like
1: thing. little, there's plenty of good callbacks. Is what I mean. It was a little
0: joke that. in the beginning that became a joke at the end, that's all it was. Like, it, I, I mean, don't don't oversell it.
1: That we'll say that it's a good, good uh, callbacks. I think that worked well. Um there's also a a subtle tongue in cheek of I think my I talked to my wife about this last night. There's that scene where uh Mark Strong's talking to him and he's like a mile away and he can't hear him, right? And uh I feel like that's a, a poke at the uh seriousness of the previous uh I guess like um regime of the DC world.
0: Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think the whole movie is, yeah. is a satirization of uh, of the actual DC comic lore, uh, and you know, like the 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 universe, the at least the cinematic universe that we've seen. So Justin's referring to this uh fairly. It's like one of the battles between superhero and villain. We're not going to give you the context to it, but essentially they're they're a distant de- decent distance away, and like Mark Strong's character, like he's doing this whole like villain speech, and like you, I, I can't hear you. You're like a mile away. I can't really hear you. So it's sort of like. Yeah looking at things through a very a very literal lens in a way that sometimes we account for, we, we don't account for in other movies where we're just sort of kind of willing to hand wave it for like the cool dramatic effect of, oh, villain speech, anything will happen here. So yeah, it's pretty cool. And there's a lot of little things like that where it's just yeah. sort of making fun of the over seriousness, I think, of the DC Like he universe. calls
1: him old man on the time, you know, and it, it, that almost, cause, you know, because they're all kids, but all just, I think that's also kind of a poke at like this whole, seriousness of what's going on because they're kids and i think that like the this movie is kind of saying like we're we're tired of the seriousness of what's going on calm down we're you know we're just kids wanting to have fun the whole like the youtube stuff and all the different things that happens in the movie um but overall i enjoyed it the and i think i guess we'll get into spoilers later uh but the twist at the end was very nice for me um for reasons and we'll get into that a little bit later because I, I I was thinking about that before going to the movie, if they would address something like that. But uh, I really really did enjoy this film quite a bit. Um, and I, I, it was fun going in, and uh, I, I I didn't think it was going to be like serious like the other ones were, you know, because even like Aquaman at a certain point was, you know, it's about underwater, Lord of the Rings battles, kind of serious at a certain point. But this one's just one hundred percent. We're here to have fun, which in the end that's what movies are about. You know not all of them have to be super serial especially when you're talking about a guy whose main power is magic like let's let's keep things in perspective type of thing so overall i i very
0: much enjoyed it so what did you think so i mean I'll, i'm gonna take issue with a couple of things you just said like for one they're all magic like every single person's power is magic right like no matter what it is like superman flies that's magic like it, it's just like i know we call it science but it's basically magic like he, he's still magical like flash green lantern it's all magic so like it his powers are the basic you know they're just like anyone else's but i was i'm actually really curious if we do get to the deeper spoilers of what you mean by the twist because i didn't really see a twist at the end so maybe this is like a comic book thing like there was an appearance by a character at the end that was like oh hey that's kind of a surprise but i don't know if i i mean like it wasn't really like plot related um I think the movie itself, I'll I'll 100% agree with you in the sense that the I think the movie is a wonderful palate cleanser for the DC comic universe. That is the uh, word to describe it. It is a yeah. Let's 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 have a good time. Type of thing. Yeah, it, it's 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 no it's it's a movie that has serious storylines. So I don't want to undersell the fact that there aren't very serious storylines like. One of the main premises of the movie is that is that well, Billy Batson's a, he, he's a he's an orphan, right? His his he got separated from his mother, like you see that in the very beginning of the film. Uh, where he gets separated from his mother as a, as a young child and then he grows up as an orphan. and so he spends a lot of his time over the course of his time growing up in various orphanages looking for her and running away and and having trouble finding a home. like the notion of finding a home is a big thing. So there's a nice little heartwarming story there. but it is serious like that is a very serious topic, but it's I think handled in a way that has some you know love and care and intention to it in ways that I think we we don't we we don't really see, I think as as, earnestly in some of the other DC films Um, I also think that there are some you know there's some interesting questions like this notion of like the whole reason the whole motivation for Thaddeus to to be going after Shazam in the first place is, is pretty legit like what happens to him in the very beginning when he's called to Shazam and then like Shazam's like sorry dude you're not worthy and that like screws up this little kid for the rest of his life like that's really fascinating and I think that, that particular that particular wrinkle again happens it's the first it's the first se- sequence in the movie like and you see that this is a guy who had an opportunity to basically be Shazam the way Billy Batson is now but he was denied like he was saying sorry you're not good enough and that which mirrors
1: has... which mirrors later on in the movie with with Billy and his story you know and the seriousness of his story of what goes on like not being worth it or good enough. Uh, to people that he thinks he should be good enough to you know what I mean so like it's stuff like that which yeah. I think is pretty cool character development between just those two characters
0: yeah like it it's interesting in the sense that like I I feel like the the villains is very is highly sympathetic like and, and I and one of the things I always look for in good villains are are villains where they're not just like i want to destroy the world why because i want to destroy the world okay why because i want to destroy the world right like i just that those types of villains are the most uninteresting things to me because they have no depth like there's no interesting motivation to what they're doing they're just doing it because they need somebody that wants to destroy the world and so i'm always interested in villains that have some complexity to them and I think Thaddeus is a wonderful villain. Like he's a really wonderful villain, and and he's got his own family issues. Uh, he's got his own issues with sense wor- sense of self self worth, and this has sort of driven him. And un- unfortunately, it's gone bad. And I, I think that's that's a really interesting thing. If you think about how, as children, there's a lot of things that we encounter that define much of our lives. Unfortunately, yeah, that's how it works. It's, it's you trauma. Know? How does trauma this,
1: create the person that you that you become? Type of thing.
0: And so yeah, and like that's turned him into a very bad guy. And and despite the fact that you know, not the same thing happens to Billy. It's it's not. They don't have the exact same origins, but Billy also has some traumatic and very serious stuff happen to him early on, but manages to overcome it through different things, right? It's not all the person, you know, the actual character themselves, but it's also the environment that they're surrounded by, right? So that's a really to me, really subtly—not—I don't, I don't even want to call it subtle, but like it's really fascinating. Like in ways that I think the villains that we've seen in previous DC comics uh, movies, you know, have have just been—I don't know—not as interesting to me. Um, so there's that. I really, I really like that aspect of it. Uh, in terms of like the humor, I like the fact that it just doesn't take itself too seriously. I think one—that's been one of the problems. I mean, I guess stylistically, like if you're going to get into the argument. You know, if you're ever gonna get into like the DC universe versus the MC universe, right? And a lot of you know, I think many people might actually embrace the notion that DC is darker and more serious and stuff like that, and they might like that. But the problem is is that it's it's overly dark and it's overly serious, not just in its storylines, but in its and how it's actually depicted on screen. Like to me, one of the, the wonderful things about Aquaman, and I also I also considered Aquaman a little bit of a palette cleanser, but not as good as Shazam is that it just looked better, like it was bright, people were smiling, there was things that were happening, there were arcs to characters, like people genuinely seemed to actually have a world in which enjoyable things were occurring and not everything was just doom and gloom all the time. Now, granted, of course, in these movies, like something bad has to happen because they're superheroes and they have to deal with something bad, but that doesn't mean that every step of the way and every little element of these movies always has to be dark and serious and it just sort of weighs on on you after a while, where it's just like, man, I, I want to watch a movie to enjoy myself, like like one way or the other. And I think Shazam has this wonderful balance of dealing with very serious storylines, but presenting them in a way that they're they're digestible, right? They're they're a way in which we can feel for the people who are the good side of things. So not just Billy, but his various you know new friends uh, slash you know siblings that he has at his new orf- you know at the new uh, new group home that he's in. Uh, but also like where you can actually again sympathize with the villain. Like there's this there's this complexity to it, which is really really nice. Um, I also
1: think it's nice having like stakes that aren't just oh the world's going to end. You know, pretty much every
0: oh I 100% agree. Every yeah, DC movie up to this
1: point that. has been the world's going to yeah. end. This is just you know I want something. That's all this is. And they don't say I want something so I yeah. can destroy the world. It's just I want something. Uh, And it's it's not like, you know, even Aquaman's like, we're going to destroy the the earth, the land world with, you know, water and stuff like that. So like, it's nice to have a movie where the stakes are lowered. And like you said, digestible in a certain way.
0: I just I think the scale and scope of superhero movies gets out of hand so frequently. And I think none is nothing is more, you know, uh, uh, kind of emblematic of this than the current storylines that we're exploring in the mc universe right the avengers it's not just the world it's the freaking universe man it's like half the freaking universes or, or whatever it is so like i always get frustrated like, I'm, i've never been a huge superhero fan but the ones i do like are the ones that are more localized which is why i've always been more of like a, a batman fan because it's all about kind of just dealing with the crime in gotham i don't really get into the whole his, his justice league entry it's just really just him in gotham those are what i like like in, in nolan's movies for instance and in many of like the batman the animated series stuff it's really just about the localized crime fighting and you and i both love daredevil rip you know rest in peace uh the the netflix series God but not forgotten right yeah localized good scope and scale but when you get to the point where it's just like these these villain these superheroes are so powerful and so uh omnipresent then like I don't know, like, the villains that you have to fight are ridiculous, right? And it, loses, just like, it loses its relatability. Exactly. Sorry. That's exactly where I'm going with it. And this one, it totally is relatable. Like, everything is 100% relatable to one degree or another. Like, we we might not all be ourselves, you know, orphans, unfortunately, like Billy Billy was. But, like, I feel like we can see his desire to find a home and to find purpose and to find family, like, All of that is great and then just from the superhero side of things like it's scalable like this makes sense to me and it's it makes sense in a way and it's accessible in a way that most of these other movies aren't Um, now i do have i would say i have two gripes with the movie um two and a half i would say so one of the gripes i have is just i found freddy's character got a little he got a little excessive to me so freddy is the Uh, Basically the same age as Billy and he is in the new group home that Billy goes into. Uh, And there's a certain point where the classic the classic situation where somebody has to remind the superhero of what it means to be responsible, you know, with great power comes great responsibility to to borrow Spider-Man stuff. Right. And so like Freddy is that to Billy. And I felt like there was a little heavy handed when that happened um, in the sense that it was just like it was too obvious, too strong, too fast. And I'm like, you know, on a certain point, I'm like, dude, Freddie, you're the one kind of goaded him into a lot of this kind of stuff. So I felt like that transition was a little bit shaky to me. But again, not at all like a deal killer. It was just sort of a that was a little annoying. Um, but then I guess my my bigger gripe, the, the, the big gripe I have um, is that I hated the sins. So there are seven deadly sins. And they all appear in this hall, like in this little uh, this area. There's a name for it; you might know it. But where Shazam currently has it's been, it's like the Power Stone, like the yeah. I, I can't remember the name of it. it. And so they have entrapped these seven deadly sins, and Shazam has essentially been, who's played by uh, Digimon Hansu, by the way. Um, who he's been watching over, watching over them, and then. But because he's aging, and because his the other members of his like his council uh, have already passed, and he's like the last one left, he's looking to someone to be their champion and kind of pass on the powers to, and like the responsibility of keeping these seven deadly sins intact, because these seven deadly sins can destroy populations, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? Now, I don't have a problem with them theoretically as villains; they're, they're fine. I just thought that the CGI was crap. Like I, I thought it was terrible. I thought that was where the the classic dc stuff came out like let's make everything super dark because each one of those is just like some generic looking dark toned monster and they're all different sins right but like they're so uninterestingly displayed it's very hard to also distinguish them
1: yeah like yeah greed had four arms Maybe, like, the only way you could really tell who it I, was was Sloth. It's literally the only way you could figure out who that one was.
0: I, yeah, I don't understand. And, like, he even, like, there's even a good joke later on that sh- that Billy makes where he's just like, he was just like, I thought Lust was going to be better looking or something like that, right? It's like, Sloth, obvious. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. It just, it just, uh, it just doesn't make sense. And there's this one point where they're like, oh, I guess he still has envy in him. I'm like, I guess you put that together because of, like, he's behaving envy like, but. I don't know. Yeah, you can tell. Like, them. That, I just that felt be, like th- that, th- that th- was a drop.
1: Th- yeah, they could have they could have done something better with that. Whether it was with better color palettes or more distinguishable features of the creatures, right? You know,
0: yeah, maybe. That's so better. it was really disappointing. And since that was like the only really major CGI element in the in the movie, like there's little bits and pieces, obviously. But that was like the major representation of CGI. I thought that it was a really... I was I was really kind of saddened that they didn't do something more interesting with it. And they still kind of resulted back to essentially the same color tones for each one of the creatures. There was no real logic or explanation to why. Why did some of them have wings and some of them have extra arms? You know, it just didn't really make sense. Uh, and so, yeah, I just felt like they could have been represented in a better way. Uh, again, not at all a deal breaker. Like, it, like this is... This is sort of me uh, almost like nitpicking, but I would say of all of the the issues I had with the movie, that was the only one I would consider like a, a large one. Like even the Freddy one was just like, yeah, whatever, that's fine. Like I knew this was happening. I knew this, this, this sequence was going to happen. I just didn't care for like how heavy-handed it sounded. And I guess the final half thing I had was that They spent, and and this is sort of, I guess, referring back to, like, you kept talking about callbacks and how they did how there was payoffs. See, I disagree. I I think they miss opportunities again to do better payoffs. We went through this whole sequence of YouTube, like this YouTube montage of videos of them demonstrating, like, Shazam's various powers as both Freddy and Billy are trying to explore. Well, what are the extent of these brand new powers? And he's got things like he can shoot lightning bolts out of his fingers and stuff like that. Well, when it gets into the climactic battles, right, at the very end, many of those things that he looked at including being able to shoot lightning bolts out of his freaking fingers he never uses them he's just it just becomes a let's fly around and punch each other right so like it's always weird to me how this so frequently happens with superhero stories it happens i remember it happened his to me when it happened in the uh the NBC television show heroes heroes Heroes. oh my god that was the most egregious thing I'm so pissed off two characters that have been essentially getting all these powers collecting powers for the whole first season like these amazing powers and like it's leading to this crazy battle and all they do is have a fist fight right so like I, I I mean he still uses some of his powers you know like flying and you know super strength and speed and stuff like that but like I don't know there's a certain point like why aren't you using like all of them so So, but again, super small. Like, if I'm gonna again nitpicking. So, but for me, like, if I'm gonna get to my my final thoughts, and then we'll we'll let Justin do a quick spoiler thing, and then we'll we'll get out of here. But like, my final thoughts were, I think this movie is fantastic. Like, it it right now is sitting over a ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and that is entirely well deserved. I
1: think it's deserved of of that rating because just overall, it's just it's a fun movie. I was happy when I left it, and. There's no moment. In the, there really was no moment in the movie. Where I'm like, why? What is going on? This makes no sense. There's not like, like Aquaman has right. some big plot holes. There's no big plot holes with this. It's all pretty. It's pretty tight. Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Like to me, this this may like there Aquaman. You can see you can see the blueprint in Aquaman for how that could have been an amazing movie. It didn't quite pull it off. I still think Aquaman is a very good movie. But I, I I would say this one is a great movie. Like when I think of the last three like uh, Super or excuse me not Super League, just excuse me Justice League, Justice League like superhero movies that have come out, and I think of how great Wonder Woman was. And uh, even though I still think like you and I both agree like that the end act, the final act was it was kind of a letdown in that one, um, but the movie itself was was just so good on so many for so many different reasons on so many different levels. And then I think Aquaman was a really really good one as well. Um, but also kind of flawed shazam i don't think i mean i don't have any major flaws like i actually think this might be the best of the dc movies that they've released at this point like just just if you take the whole thing into account and that honestly gives me some hope perhaps yeah that's for, the biggest thing where yeah. dcu is going right yeah, like that that's it or dc uh, the dc universe is going in the movies it's like maybe this goes well it's a shame however that the two big properties right the batman and the superhero uh, superman movies that they've been making haven't been all that great right
1: maybe... i i'm talking to my wife but i go you need to leave those alone for a while just don't stick with your you know, like, i
0: i want to see like flash or something now or green yeah. lantern You Let's know? see a like, flash uh, story a yeah. green
1: lantern story is good stay away from the other two for a while you have plenty of other like ancillary stories that work with them i understand why you want a batman movie I understand why you want a, a Superman movie, but your best character to be Superman since uh Christopher Reeves is out for right now. He's doing Witcher stuff. Maybe he'll come back a little bit later, but like right now, just leave it alone and just let's let's focus on some other good stuff. That's what they do with the with with Marvel. They didn't touch Captain America for a couple of years, you know, and he's or Spider Man like Spider Man yeah.
0: like they did it, but they didn't. And they you know I mean there obviously there were there was reasons why Spider Man wasn't part of like the actual MCU, Um but like I like how we got to focus on, uh, not not I guess characters that weren't as obvious, and we're getting even I think even more even more recently, you know, with Captain Marvel, obviously, like getting characters that aren't necessarily the most obvious to, to people, but but nonetheless have immense value. Like, like who in, thought Guardians of Galaxy would be good at all? I know I didn't,
1: but I mean, if you would have told me like, hey, worlds. how
0: about a Firefly like story where one dude's a raccoon and one dude's a tree? I'd be like, yeah, I'm down. Like that sounds that sounds like my jam right there uh okay so anyway final thoughts uh for us uh for me definitely go watch this movie go go see this movie in theaters i i would say be careful how young you bring kids i mean it's obviously it's your children you make the call i had this definitely really,
1: pg-13 definitely i had
0: PG-13. some like there were some super young kids in the movie and like a dude gets his head bitten off like in the movie right i'm just like man okay okay like we had like a like i heard a little little kid cry for like a good like i'm like uh oh that's that's no good uh but yeah pg-13 i would definitely say but i think it's an amazing movie excellent movie zachary like you said zachary levi i think was a perfect cast uh i thought mark strong plays an excellent villain and uh yeah i can't i can't say more nice things because it's it's that good all right so spoilers uh bump ahead to the next
1: section i guess so The two things that I liked, the Shazam family thing. So that, I enjoyed that quite immensely because in the golden age of Shazam comics, back in like the 50s and 60s, it was originally a family. It was like him, a brother and a sister, a mother, a father, and a grandfather, right? There's this whole family. So I didn't really expect it in the movie, but when it happened, I'm like, this is great made the hokiness of the old golden age, golden age stuff come out in a very good way and i liked it a lot um so the i don't know how you felt about the whole they almost like power rangers at a certain point because they're all different colors and they have these giant lightning bolts in their chest but i love that and when it happened i was like this is great and i i verbally went over to my wife and said this is fantastic what do what so... you think
0: about it? We we talk about callbacks and stuff like that, and like setting stuff up. When I saw all the empty chairs, like I, I and I, and I saw how many kids were in, like I'm like, I did oh, that I was, out. I was counting. You know, them, so like, like, like you can do the math. It was, it's coming. Yeah, it was, like, like, so I kind of saw that coming. Um, how do I feel about it? I'm of two minds. One, I hate Power Rangers, so it did remind me of Power Rangers, <laughs> and that's never a good thing. Uh, but that's also just my hate of of Power Rangers. Uh, but on the other hand, I think story wise, it made sense. Uh, so I was super satisfied with it. Um, moving forward as they go into the sequels for Shazam, I mean, I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. Like I, I always get, again, I get nervous when, when superheroes get too much power or when there's team, it was team com, you know, con Combos uh, of so many powerful people, you have to scale the movie, right? You have to scale the villain, and it gets to the point where it's not like we were just saying as relatable. The fact that their families, like they like their families that they're there, that they're all part of the same group home, might keep that sort of relatability, but I still worry. Like, well, how difficult is this villain going to be well, next, and how crazy is the, and like... with that snail or whatever that was at the end?
1: Well, I don't know what the caterpillar is, but. I do know who the seventh person is. So there's six, there's seven chairs. There's only six kids. The seventh person is black Adam and that's the rock. If in the beginning of the movie, when Shazam is explaining to Billy, what happened when they gave their power, why they're looking for a pure of heart, you know? Yeah. How he went bad yeah. or something. So yeah. if you look at it close enough, that is uh, Dwayne Johnson. It is the rock. Um, I was looking at I was like, oh, that's the rock. So they're making a, a black Adam film and a, couple of years they've been it's been in production for a little while and the stars the rock he is the seventh one and he's basically like the one who went poorly and he the what the thing is he's like a master of all the abilities he's like the best there is that's why he gives and like billy's doesn't have a lot of weaknesses but the thing is he's just a child that's what all comes down to his weakness is that he's a child in in this massive powerful body and he doesn't really know how to properly use it 100 percent uh, Black Adam's a, a grown man who's been working with this magic stuff for a millennia, and that's that's why he's a different uh, type of villain. Which made me happy that they didn't use him as the first villain, because th- one of the big gripes I have in a movie is a villain that is the counterpart of the exact same thing as the, uh, of the hero. Like, Iron Man. Iron Monger was the bad guy. It's literally just bigger Iron Man. Big, mean Iron Man. You know, stuff like that. So, right. I'm glad they kind of waited on Black Adam a little bit, but he is clearly going to be because he's the seventh chair, he's the seventh power. So, um, which seems interesting. But uh, and I also want to see The Rock be a bad guy. He hasn't happened since the uh, Doom, and that was a great movie. So I'm sure it'll be good again. So, sure,
0: yeah. And he was like kind of fake sort of bad guy for a little while. Not really a bad guy, more just like antagonist to Vin Diesel. Because didn't Vin Diesel yeah, yeah, kick, yeah, yeah, his, yeah. kick his ass once? Yeah, because that's believable. And now they're uh, I anyway. I love any... Vin Diesel's. I don't want to say anything. Meatballs think... are coming up. Let's fight. All right. So anyway, uh, that is our little spoiler. We didn't want to. We didn't want anyone to to hear that kind of stuff because that's a big plot point at the very end. Uh, with our final comments now done, we're gonna shift gears and we're gonna challenge each other in a gentlemanly way. And now it's time for the gentleman's challenge. The Gentleman's Challenge is a segment we do here on The Gaggers Podcast, where Justin and I like to give each other a homework assignment. Uh, This homework assignment usually involves watching a TV show or movie, maybe playing a game or reading a comic. And then to ensure that we completed our homework assignments, we come back on the next episode and we quiz each other about it, hoping to embarrass the other uh, on on our podcast. Uh, So... We should also warn you then that everything we do in the Gentleman's Challenge is spoiler heavy. So if there's something about the topics that we're covering today that you don't want to be spoiled about, uh, best to wait to listen to this segment until after you've experienced those homework assignments yourself. Uh, So with that in mind, Justin, who's going first? I'll take the mantle first. I'll go first, I guess. Okay. All right. Let's do it.
1: So you assigned me like three or three and a half months ago, uh, Resident
0: Evil 2 Biohazard. Yeah, I think it was back wow. in January when it came out because it came out the day after my birthday. So yeah,
1: I'm not it. good with the spoopy
0: games um, at all.
1: It was originally set up in a way so that Gabe could watch me, but uh, given certain circumstances, it didn't turn yeah, out.
0: Yeah, he totally, he totally, he uh, totally did the uh, the challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, G- Gabe uh, and I are aware.
1: Gabe's very disappointed in me so now he wants me to do the, link uh, the I story.
0: also am disappointed in you I'm, I'm very upset with
1: you. I I kind of blew it together, particular. but I did play it and I did beat it uh um, uh-huh so you say so you say. there's yeah. no evidence of that uh, that was the other reason for anyways streaming. uh so I did the Claire Redfield story um so basically Claire Redfield is these so first off bio uh, Resident Evil 2 Biohazard is a remake of the original Resident Evil 2 game from like 1995 it was I uh, I know I remember watching Chad play it he played it on the uh, 64 but was originally on PlayStation and so basically Resident Evil is a series of games produced by Capcom and recently Capcom has been re uh kind of like redoing all of their older games of 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 popularity to try and like re- re-energize the franchise and they kind of like have redone it uh and Biohazard it is a redo of the second one it's not exactly the same the main plot points are the same but like the experience and a lot of stuff is very different so basically it is two months after resident evil one and resident evil one there's a mansion with a hidden lab uh hidden lab had an umbrella virus in it that got unleashed and went into uh the the residents of the lab that eventually got into the mansion the mansion you know you as chris redfield and jill valentine was that the first one i think it was jill valentine uh I don't know, man. Maybe it's on your quiz. We'll find out. Uh, so Chris Redfield and Joe Valentine, uh, go into the mansion and try and stop everything. Um, and then you see a Tyranton. It's really cool. The second one, uh, it's at Raccoon city. So basically the umbrella corporation has been, uh, working with Raccoon city's police department, uh, particularly their sheriff and has been, uh, experimenting on the people that they've been locking up and basically been exposing them to the, uh, T virus. Um, eventually, uh, Stuff goes awry. It is It is explained to you later what happens. And so as Claire, you're looking for your brother, Chris, who went to Raccoon City to try and deal with the outbreak in Raccoon City. Um, in the Leon story, uh, he, I forget why he's going. But they
0: they interact with each other at a gas station. He's a cop. He's a cop. He's there because yeah. he's got a job as a cop.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's going there as a – yeah, that's what it was. He's a cop. He's going there as – like his, he just got retransferred there or something like that. And so they see each other at a gas station, um, and zombies are at the gas station. They then take a car into Raccoon City. The car wrecks, and they get separated. And then they both decide that they're going to meet each other in the sheriff's office. So they go see each other at the uh, police station, and they get kind of split up. He goes one way. She goes into like this like garden area, and um, she eventually gets into the facility. So the sheriff's office has been overrun by zombies and all different types of things, evil, uh, diseased dogs, um, giant liquors. So liquors are these giant like clawed creatures with exposed brains and huge tongues.
0: Uh, I thought it was like giant bottles of booze. Yeah. yeah like gi- <laughs> these
1: big liquors. So a bottle of brandy and some Jack Daniels starts chasing her down. Uh, and then there's this also omnipresent, uh, I guess I could say a uh, pusher of events. Uh, I guess he's the Z Man. Um, is this terrifying tyrant in a trench coat that scares the ever living shit out of you whenever you're trying to get stuff done? And usually, it's pretty well timed up with whenever you get through a major part of the story. So, like, say you uh, one of the most uh, obvious ones is going to happen. You go to a bell tower and you put in these cogs to release this part of a. It's like a electrical piece. To put into a little mini puzzle uh and it's so obvious that after that happens that he's going to show up and he does and he chases you throughout the the map and uh really cool music happens and he's scary and uh he's a... it's like super techno um and he's terrifying zombies are very difficult to kill they take multiple 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 shots to annihilate i know back in the day it, did, it was not like that but i do know that the way they kind of subjugated that back in the day is if you didn't burn them, they would come back as uh, red zombies or something like that. But now, like, instead of doing that, you had to put a lot of shots into them to take them down. You can do a few things like um, shoot their kneecaps out to, like, help them just crawl so it's a little bit easier to navigate. Um, you can kind of juke them. But when you're running from a large tyrant man in a trench coat, it's very difficult to do that sometimes. So you go through the uh police department police department used to be a museum because it used to be a museum uh and it sits over top of a laboratory uh kind of like it's all part of the raccoon city uh has all these secret passageways and stuff um secret statues and uh emblems that help you get through certain areas much like the original first one where you're in a mansion that has all these different keys and stuff like that to help you get through the facility to eventually get to the lab um when you're in the in, what makes claire's story different from leon's story leon's story involves some lady in a trench coat i forget her name uh but uh claire's story involves sherry and sherry is
0: are you, are you talking about ada wong yeah eight you're talking wong about?
1: okay so that's his so basically the entire police station is the exact same thing as claire and as leon what happens is after you get out of the sheriff's office I have to to the police station it then splits up and says that's where your two stories deviate so leon goes with ada wong and claire goes with sherry sherry is a little girl that's being held captive by the sheriff because the sheriff wants a pendant on her neck claire gets a hold of the pendant and he steals sherry away and so she wants claire to bring he wants claire to bring the pendant so he kind of like if you want her to live you can come see me and so, then you have a little sequence, the scariest sequence, when you have no weapons, and the scariest part is the sheriff, and you, have, as little Sherry, had to walk around the orphanage and try and escape him. And boy, can that man run sometimes, because holy crap. There's a moment where, like, you get out of the main area, then you go down into, like, the lobby, or, like, the foyer of the orphanage, and he runs from the top floor to bottom floor, and I think he runs a 4-2 flat. Like, it's nuts. And it is terrifying um this this game is filled with jump scares lots of times you'll go in through doors and you know like there's a zombie in there but you don't know that he's directly around the corner and like the animations are very good and there's many times where i just shit my pants because i walk through a door and it's just there and i, I didn't expect to be that close to the door um the scariest part in the game for me was so you get sherry sherry goes he takes sherry to a lab uh No, he doesn't take Sherry. You go with Sherry. You take Sherry from the orphanage. You take her down to a lab to help try and, because she gets infected by this big monster that attacks the sheriff. Uh, It's got like a, it's like a giant tyrant, Uh, kills the sheriff, then attacks Sherry. um, And then you find out the only way to save her is to go into this lab facility. You go into the lab facility, you put her into a nap room and uh when you put it in the afternoon you then search the lab facility for the the antivirus of what she was infected by the scariest part is when you before you get there in the sewers there's this like poo covered sewer area that has these giant monsters in it that do two things first off they go underwater and they make like these singing noises and it is horrifying And then, like, they they shoot out little babies from their chest, and then they'll grab you and vomit all over you. That area is by far the worst area in the game, because it is terrifying. And then there'll be zombies in the water. You don't know that they're there. They'll pop up and get you. I do not like that zone at all. Um, It's awful in every way. You eventually get to the lab. When you get to the lab, you... Encounter vine monsters that you have to burn. But what makes Claire different is she has a, a grenade launcher, which is way better than. Uh, I watched the Leon stuff way better than Leon's because he has a shotgun and something else. But the grenade launcher burns the uh, vine people really easily. And when you're in that lab facility, you find out that there is. So that the monster is basically Sherry's father. The lab was raided by the U.S. military, uh, Chris Redfield and his group, um, and shot her father as a last-ditch effort in revenge. He injects himself with the G-Virus, which turns him into a giant tyrant. His wife, Sherry's mother, doesn't do anything bad. She kind of just observes him because they've been working on the G-Virus since day one and developing it. And so she kind of just watches everything that goes on. So it's kind of like this weird mother thing. Sherry gets infected, the mother knows where the antidote is. She directs Claire where to get it. Whole time you're being chased by a giant tyrant father that's trying to kill you. You get the so the pendant that you had from Sherry opens up a case that has the cure, the antidote to the G virus. You grab the G virus as you're heading back to Sherry to give it to her. You then have to fight uh, the big monster uh, in a big old climactic fight. One thing I can say about this game that I think was different from the original because of these fights and these sequences, it's a lot more action-based than horror-based at a certain point, but still there's plenty of jump scares and there's plenty of creepy stuff throughout. Um, this big monster also tore the tyrant, the Z-Man in half earlier in the game. And so you fight him, you beat him, you blow him up and all stuff. You get back to Sherry, give her the antidote. You go on the train and leave. And as you're leaving, you see Leon. Leon's on the train as well. And as you're leaving, the father's not done yet. There's one last little fight with the big old, it's like a, it turns into like this giant vagina monster. And it's eating the back of the train. And when it's eating the back of the train, you then have to blow it to pieces. I know Leon's final boss was the Z-Man. We has to fight him with a giant anti-air missile gun, I guess. And uh you don't see that happen, but you kind of see it in the distance and during the fight. And as you escape, the the big tyrant monster vagina monster is trying to kill you and you kill it. Which is funny because I know in the Leon story that doesn't happen, so how did he not notice that there's a giant vagina monster eating the same training he was in? But she fought it. Anyways, uh they get they escape and there's a cute little moment where Sherry's like, Can you be my parents now? And they walk off in the sunset. And that's Resident Evil 2 biohazard. What I think of it? It's a terrifying game. Um, I watched the playthrough of the original Biohazard. It was Resident Evil 6, I think. I think that is scarier because it's all first person. I think the mechanics are way better because it is third person. makes it easier to kind of go throughout the storyline and kind of like do all stuff. But I think there's something more to the first person look you get with the number six that came out not too long ago. Uh, it's a great game. I... I'm not a huge fan of spoopy games at all. Um, I actually am looking forward to. They've said that there's a development for Nemesis coming out, which is the only Resident Evil game in the past that I've actually beaten. So I will actually get that one and play that one. I'm looking forward to playing that one. Um, but this game is terrifying in so many ways. Six is scarier because they do a lot. Of, they do a better job of creating these. Uh, eerie moments of long hallways and creepy situations. This one's more scary because of the jump scares and the Z-Man's a lot, a lot to deal with. But he's kind of like a pusher. He kind of pushes you in the direction of the things you got to do and basically kind of speeds up the situation. Um, so it's a different type of scare. Um, but the I enjoy the game. Uh, the Claire story is pretty good. Uh, i watched the Leon story. They're both very similar in a lot of ways. They just kind of finish differently. Um, but I do like the Claire story because there's a little extra bit at the end. But the graphics are super great. The AI is fantastic in the game when it comes to zombies and stuff. Uh, the lack of weapon and ammo stuff is very apparent when you're fighting zombies that take like 30 shots to kill sometimes, even though you shoot them in the head the entire time. Like it, it makes you feel like you're pressured at all times, and it's a really good feeling in the game. Um, I'm looking forward to the nemesis biohazard game that comes out. Um, cause I, I beat that one. It's with the giant one that's like stars. It's about Jill Valentine. And, uh, I do not plan on playing number six because six is horrifying. And I don't like that first person feel to it. Uh, very reminiscent of the, uh, what was that? I play outlast, which was just awful to play. So, uh,
0: so yeah, I, I are you confusing six and seven? Um, seven is the one where like it's which first, one's first six end. six is the one that's set i mean that, that was that came out like six years ago or so seven years ago seven's um, the one i'm
1: talking about That's like in the woods
0: yeah that's resident evil seven that's what the whole time yeah to. that's the one with like the crazy like hillbilly family yeah, 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 yeah. yeah 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 that's, that's what, seven that's what I, was. I was like i was running the whole time I'm, like what the hell are you talking about i don't think you've played I Remember,
1: five before. was like in Uganda or something, right? So
0: yeah, our old friend Two Dragons and I, we uh, we co-op that. We uh, we did a co-op run of that. That was so <laughs> action. That it wasn't even scary at all. It was fun though. I mean, it was a good game. It was fun playing with him because uh, it was fun getting each other killed. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like when we would play Portal, <laughs> same thing. Yeah, except we would just do it because we were bad at playing uh, uh, uh at shooting zombies. So all right, so uh, the yeah, spy hazard. Okay. You ready for your oh, I keep calling it. Is Resident Evil 2, man? But it's like uh, a, it's got a biohazard tag on it because they're It's all... literally titled Resident Evil Two. Uh all right. Uh you ready for Chris? Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned that Claire and Leon uh first meet in a gas station. Uh what, what kind of gas station was it? Like the name of the gas station? Yes, that that would be correct. Farts. That's incorrect. It's not that kind uh, of uh, ah, this is what a joke right there.
1: It's not a kangaroo because I think they would need some type of uh, licensing for that, or a BP. Is it like raccoon,
0: Philip or something? Ah, that's a guess. That's a hundred percent. Wow, gross. that's uh, that's a hundred percent wrong. Uh, uh, no, I, thought, I thought somehow I got it right. No, no, no. no, no. It's Ms. Oil Gas Station. Uh, okay, so uh, you mentioned a couple times like military stuff, uh, but mm-hmm. I think I think I think you really mean stars? Yeah, stars. Uh, yes. Okay, so what does the acronym STARS stand for? Oh no. That is not correct. Oh, I played a game that was based on the entire thing. I know, you just said that. I was like, oh, clearly you would know then this answer. Oh no. There's a dude uh, like two uh, block, two uh, two neighborhoods away who drives a stars car. So it's a car and has stars on the side. It's pretty awesome.
1: Oh, like like a uh, Resident Evil promo car. or yeah, something Yeah, like he's a big time Resident
0: Evil fan. It's pretty funny. I see him. All on right, okay. Days. I'm a shot in the dark. Strategical uh-huh. tactical awareness recon. That is incorrect. Uh, the correct answer is special tactics in rescue service. Special tactics. I Rescue service. Get... service. Point two. Absolutely none. Got tactical. Uh, absolutely none. Nope. It's okay. tactics, not tactical. Absolutely none. Then uh, okay. One percent. Question three. So you said you played Claire. Uh, Claire side you said you played the Sherry part, uh, and how scary it was. And blah blah blah. All right. So there's various diaries, uh, and uh, one of those diaries is a girl named Sally. And according to Sally's diary, what makes Wednesdays so great? um
1: Wednesdays are so great isn't that because of the
0: food at lunchtime oh that's pretty close it's pretty close they get snacks and ice cream I need more specific information Mm. than that I'm sorry Uh, there's
1: one where like the kid's saying please help us but he's using cues instead and it's like written like a little kid
0: Yeah, that that thing's so creepy that question question number four how does one pick William Birkin out from a crowd? Is it the giant acid mark on the side of his face? Um, oh, you were going in the right direction, but unfortunately, it's the one with the—he's the one with the giant eyeball in his right shoulder. Uh, That's—I was going for the. Oh, minutes. I thought it was the An eyeball. The, I thought was, uh, I thought, was, I thought William Birkin was a sheriff. Yes. Uh, is it, no, William—that's—I uh, uh, can't remember the shares. That's Brian Irons. Oh. Uh, that's the sheriff. and it's—it's yeah, uh, it's not Bur- sheriff. It's not sure if he's chief of police,
1: but yeah. 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 William Birkin is like a super popular cosplay and some people do it like super
0: well. It's crazy. They have like a moving eye and like a head in the chest. It's weird. Yeah. Maybe they're really, uh, really like zombie experiment stuff. Yeah. So they're real. Yeah. That's good. that's, That's real. Okay. Final question now i love the resident evil series i always have Uh, but there is one person that we know that loves the series just a little bit more than me i don't know anyone that likes it and that is our belgian friend ruben now considering that our friend ruben often goes by this particular name uh, it seems appropriate then to ask you this it's a multi-step question what does the t in t virus stand for which is ruben's uh, screen name in many games from what source did Umbrella evolve it? And for what reason were they experimenting with this source? So what does the T and T-Virus stand for? From what source did Umbrella evolve the T-Virus? And for what reason were they experimenting with the source? Um, yeah. The T in T-Virus stands for uh,
1: the white tea leaf found in uh, East Asia. They were developing it to create the perfect Arnold Palmer, okay, and uh, unfortunately, it got out of hand because it got into the wrong amount of lemonade, and uh in a in, in a freak accident got into the rats of the uh, laboratory and killed everybody. So that's what happened with the T virus. So
0: I can't remember, Justin. That is brilliant. I mean, none of it is right. <laughs> none of it is even remotely close to They're right. working on the perfect that is, that is quite brilliant. Uh, I am inclined to give you points, but uh, <laughs> I, decided, I decided not to. Uh-huh. So I'm just going to give you zero. So the correct answers are uh, the T in T-Virus stands for Tyrant. So it's Tyrant virus. Uh, they I they were a wor- on the nose. I, that's, I thought you'd get that one. You actually mentioned Tyrant multiple times during your walkthrough. I thought for sure you put that together. Uh, So it was evolved uh, kind of from samples of the Ebola virus that they uh, were studying and messing with for the purpose of vaccine research. And so as they evolved the virus, they basically made human. They were trying to make human beings like more resilient, which is kind of one of the reasons I discovered this whole zombie stuff to begin with. So there you go. Just let me quick. Let me do some math really quick. Figure out how many. uh, Let's see. Zero plus zero, plus get, zero. I should get honorary mention points for that Plus one. zero, plus zero Palmer. equals zero. I did the R.O. Palmwood. It was pretty good. Pretty good. But <laughs> Unfortunately, I was really I good. I could just it really see
1: like, people in a lab with vials and stuff, and just like there's a board just a bunch of scratched out
0: like percentages of lemonade to tea, and they're just like, it's yeah. just not working! It's not working! It's really funny, because when you started you were so confident, and you said, like, white tea leaves. I'm like, damn, he's <laughs> He's way off. I, I don't know how he, he. must have heard some meme somewhere. And then he goes like, "Oh, oh, he's making a joke." Okay, got it, got it. Okay. Uh, Sometimes so sorry, you guys shoot for the
1: moon, you know. You know, hopefully he gets there.
0: Yeah, that's true. Unfortunately, you missed and shot yourself in the face. Uh, you All got right. uh, you got zero points right. on the Resident Evil okay. remake uh, remake quest. But thank you for indulging me. Uh, eventually, uh, sort of with the uh, with the challenge. I know it was not an easy challenge for you to complete. Ever right. since Outlast, man. Those types of games are rough. And I just want to remind you that they're not real, uh that they They could be though. digital projections. Have you explored all code. of Arizona?
1: Do you know that that Outlast thing didn't really happen in rural Arizona? I'm
0: not saying that there couldn't be like creepy people. I'm just saying like the game you played, it's just digital projections of various code. Like no, it's man, really it's people. not real. They killed people in that game i just i don't know i just i can never i can never i don't get scared by games i don't know i don't know why i don't know i get creeped out by them but i don't get scared so there's a difference okay my turn uh justin assigned me love death and robots uh on netflix so it's an anthology or it's an animated anthology series that's been created by tim miller it's currently available on netflix just came out a few weeks ago Uh, it's a series of animated shorts Uh, so they're short five to twenty minute uh run times for each of these Separate stories; they're completely individual. Like every, they don't, they're not directly related to one another in each way. Uh, Every short is produced by different people, different companies, different animation styles, different voice actors, etc. And so they all, to some degree, involve one or more of the concepts of love, death, and robots. And so it's kind of science fictiony, and it's definitely adult oriented. It's certainly not something that I would say, even though it's animated, you should be playing. It's not for children. Cause there is a crap load of violence and there is a crap load of sex and depending upon what your uh inclinations are uh the, you know some of those things are certainly inappropriate some are some are fine some are totally fine but like like you really got to make sure you you take a look at the particular the particular uh episode or particular short that you want to look at some are totally 100 percent fine for kids but i would say the vast majority of them i you probably want to you want to take a look at it yourself before you go playing it for uh, for little Johnny. Uh, so Justin's quizzing me on a handful, so let me walk you through the ones that we're gonna talk about. Um, but I think all of them are definitely worth it. I've watched, I think I've watched about, I think eight total. But Justin's not gonna quiz me on. All I want them. to me... finish it because
1: I. Oh, enjoy it's totally worth it, man. Every it's totally worth it. They're really
0: good and they're super fast too. Um, now the other thing I would say with this one is that there's like this weird thing going on. It, it kind of got in the news a little bit. Uh, were some, I guess, conspiracy theory stuff going on, but like it was presenting them in random orders. Like Netflix was kind of experimenting with something different and they were kind of presenting the episodes or the shorts in various orders. And so we, so Justin and I were like, wait, which ones are we going to watch? Cause normally we do like first two episodes or something like that. So we had to kind of mess around with it a bit, but uh, I don't know if they're still doing it. Um, um, But I know the first one I watched was with Topher Grace uh, so the first one I watched, they, they, showed us was Ice Age, uh, and that's got Mary Elizabeth Winstead, um, who's awesome. And then it has Topher Grace, who's not, uh, and that one is there a, they're, I'm sorry. I just, I just don't like, this is one of them people I don't like. Uh, so they are a young couple who move into a house, uh, or excuse me, an apartment. And the apartment has a very old, uh, antique refrigerator, uh, which Topher Grace ca- tries to mansplain about. Uh, and this all is live action, so you actually have to see his face, and you do see Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and so they're the, so they're they're actual people. The animation comes when they when Topher actually opens the freezer, because inside the freezer is a small uh, ripoff of a Simpsons episode. Uh, there is a evolving civilization inside Simpsons the freezer. It's 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 it, right. It's it's it was totally a Simpsons ep- episode uh, way back in the day. Anyway, um, they might not have been the first to do it too, so I should be careful who I'm saying rip off. But like it was still fun and whatever. So they rapidly, so this this civilization rapidly advanced, right? It just got uh, it, it, like technology advanced, social, society advanced, etc. At a certain point, there was a nuclear bomb that went off that gave uh, Topher a, a little bit of a sunburn, and so over the course of like an hour, like all this kind of happened, and then overnight, they thought. They thought they had, like the nuclear bomb had destroyed the civilization, and then they come back the next day, and they had somehow managed to rebuild, and they had gotten to the point where the like the civilization's uh, technology had advanced so far that they started to like leave. They just left the actual freezer, and that was the end of the episode. Uh, so uh, that one, not my favorite, certainly not my favorite at all, um, but definitely interesting. And so, but it was a bad first one to, to watch because I don't think it was uh, the it best was my one last of, of one. them all. So... So that one was Tim Miller himself, I think, was the director, the guy who actually uh, is sort of credited with being the creator of the series. Uh, and that was, uh, let's see who else, that's got a script by Philip Galat, who has a couple other scripts, and uh, Michael Swanwick, I'm just kind of going off here, which is a story. The story itself was cool, I just, I don't know, compared to some of the others, I think it lacked some of the uh, the oomph and coolness of some of the other ones. Uh, now the next one, and this one was definitely one of my favorites, was Sonny's Edge, uh, Sunny's I call Edge. this extreme Pokemon. By the way, okay. So yeah. So basically, I see what you're saying there. Um, so what this basically is, this storyline is about a world sometime in the future, very edgy, cyberpunky type, uh, type hardcore um, world where um, people have these mass, like these big ass gladiatorial battles, like these underground, like fight club type battles. Except they're not fighting themselves. They are using um, like these big monster avatars and then they like that they jack into uh and then they control remotely like we would uh you know play resident evil with a controller like we're moving leon or claire around like they do the same thing except they're doing it with these big old big old monsters etc and so there's a woman who is uh who's named sunny and she controls uh, her her actual i think it's like Carnivore or something like that uh is her big monster and so they get into a fight there's this there's this old um there's this old man who's trying to convince her to throw the fight so it's kind of got that classic hey i, I want you to go down in the second you know and i'll give you some money and she's like no and there's like a little bit of a backstory that are, is dropped about her about how she was like kind of kidnapped and beaten and raped and she's cut up and all sorts of things and she fights not because of the money because he keeps trying to bribe her she fights because she wants revenge right and so this is like her kind of like in her mind like taking revenge on the people who attacked her um, there's also a woman that moves along with this older guy who's kind of being portrayed a, as like the the wounded bird. Uh, and then Sunny and her kind of get into uh, a near sexual relationship, but then things go crazy wrong. Um, I really don't want to spoil the end of this one. I can tell you how it ends, but I don't want to spoil it because I think this one has a really cool ending. Uh, but anyway, very good one. I definitely recommend Sunny's Edge. The animation uh,
1: but... is unbelievable
0: animation is fantastic and the monsters that fight are freaking cool uh, and then there's some sexy stuff too so be careful of that if that's something that you're freaking out about uh you know you probably should freak out more about the violence but whatever uh okay then the next one i watched was three robots this one's hilarious uh there are there are a couple comedies in here uh so they're not all violent um, but this one's a, a comedy so this is set in the future uh when humanity has uh, we're gone uh we're extinct and there are three robots that have evolved from various um devices like one of the robots evolved out of an xbox uh one of the robots evolved out of like a baby monitor uh and then i don't think they ever actually identify what the third one evolved out of but they all look a little different like one's a little tiny orange guy one's a tall like white dude like white and black guy um something got maybe a mass effect or whatever and the other one's just like a a big old pyramid that wanders around. And so they're talking, like they're doing like a tour of like the, the like earth after like humanity was gone and they're going to various places and they're trying to talk about like, how did they actually go extinct? And a lot of that information is wrong. And so they're getting it wrong. So they're messing with TVs and like why they're watching TVs and they, you know about they, they talk about the whole digestion system and like why they actually like shove it in their intake valves like why are they putting this stuff here like it's very if you really just wanted to turn food into acid there's so, so much better ways than shoving it into your intake valve and having it go through your various organs and stuff so there's a little bit of surprise at the end of this one but since it's a comedy it's no big deal uh they start talking about cats and apparently cats so this is like a like a little surprise at the very end so cats have kind of taken over uh because at some point Um, we, as humans, we loved our cats so much because we put cat pictures on Instagram and on Facebook and on Reddit so much that we started to evolve them and give them opposable thumbs. And that was like, that was the downhill. Like once we started giving them opposable thumbs, then they started having voices. And then now all of these cats start to swarm over these three remaining robots near inside of a nuclear silo, a missile silo. And are demanding they be pet, or you know, bad things are going, or they're going to explode. And what was really cool about this one is they made a reference to exploding kittens, which is the name of a card game that the Oatmeal uh, kicked started a couple years back. Not a great game, to be honest, but kind of funny. Um, one of our friends, Logan, has it, uh, but, and so I've played it a bit. But it's so weird seeing an exploding kittens reference in that. So that's three robots. Definitely recommend that one. That one's super funny. Uh, the Witness is one I know you and I both didn't like. Um, the Witness is sort of a cyclical play on cause, uh, causality. Uh, so this one's got some quirky. This has got some weird animation. I'm not sure I liked it. It's um, it's, it's very off putting.
1: I think it was like live action with an
0: overlay of animation on the faces. Is what it was. Maybe I'm not. I'm not sure. I honestly don't know. So. Um, I will say that the witness is put out by Pinkman TV. Uh, Three Robots was by Blow Studio, and then Sunny's Edge was by Blur Studio. So, so this one in the witness, the story sees a woman who is putting on uh, makeup and getting ready to leave in again somewhat futuristic society, and looks out a window after like she hears a loud bang, and she looks across the way to an apartment across the street, and she sees a man having just killed a woman. And she freaks out because the man now sees her, and then she goes on a run, and she she tries to run to where her work is to try to get some help. And he follows her the whole way, trying to get her to stop. Like, you know, it it looks like he's threatening her to begin with. Then apparently she's at some like sex dance club, and it gets super freaking racy here. She does like a huge strip tease. There's all sorts of people in like rubber suits and like sex and stuff like that, which, again, not the reason I don't like it. I just didn't really like the animation all that much. Uh, And then. What, what ultimately ends up happening, as I, as I said, is a play on causality, the, the notion at the very end, what happens is that he tracks her down as she runs all the way back. She leaves as, as so as he tracks her to the club where she's dancing and she runs away, he follows her again. They go all the way back to her apartment to like to his apartment this time where they, they struggle because she has a gun. Now the gun goes off and he kills her and then he looks out the window and or she kills him, excuse me. And she looks out the window and she sees him. So it's this whole loop, right? Where are like, they're constantly in this state of one of them's killing the other and they're in are Yeah. It's just, it's just weird. Like you can watch it if you want to. I, I think there's others that are better than this. Um, then there's suits, which is put out by another one by blur studio. The same to people who did sunny's edge, but it's not hyper realistic. Uh, I call the, this one Pixar Starcraft. That's what I call this. Uh, Pixar really? Cause I think there's others that are closer to Pixar. Um, well, suits is again futuristic. They're on a they're on an alien planet, and they're a bunch of farmers on an alien planet, and they use mechs. And what they what happens is per, they're they're under these domes, and then periodically these uh, these breaches come in, these show up in the domes, and then these crazy aliens swarm inside, and so all the form, farmers have to get into their mechs, and they have to fight off the the invading forces. Normally, it's just a handful of them every now and then, but this time it's like a huge badass army of crazy like lizard thingies and then one gigantic like i'm not sure if it's lizards or or, or insects i'm not sure what to call them uh and then there's like this one really massive one and in the process of doing this one of the farmers dies uh and then there's like this scarecrow that they got this like like robotic scarecrow that ends up like helping them save the day at the end so pretty fun one pretty straightforward Uh, i like the idea of the city the idea of Being on an alien planet, and I like this notion of having these domes, because the very last shot we see um, is the camera kind of zooming out from the dome and then seeing the planet unto itself. And we see that there are, like, several, several domes all over this alien planet and all sorts of these crazy monsters. Uh, So I really like the idea about that, and I wouldn't mind uh, seeing a bigger story. Uh, Sucker of Souls is a vampire story. That's by Studio La Cachette. Um, Pretty... Uh, Animation is pretty straightforward. Uh, nothing... I called this one vampire penis. Sorry, yeah. So th- this one, yeah, this this one's about uh, they're kind of there's a there's a group of people they're investigating some sort of temple ruin area uh, that is like the the killer of children or the sucker of children something like that weird, weird language that made me kind of turn my head sideways, uh, but basically they release Dracula, but Dracula is like this big old creepy looking thing. It's not like, it doesn't look like anything we've seen with Dracula. It's like more like a monster-ish. And he has some kind of weird nondescript penis. Uh, and then as they run away, one of them gets killed, uh, like the the younger, uh, what's it called? Research assistant. Uh, and then there's like a group of, um, you know, basically like a group of mercs that are helping like this research assistant and the professor. And the professor gets away. And then as 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 the vampires like chasing them down, they come across a cat again, another cat thing, because apparently vampires are afraid of cats. Uh, yada yada yada. They as they run away, they end up getting getting caught in a, a big massive lair where they think they're running away from one vampire. They actually run into a den of of a hundred vampires and are presumed dead at that point. Um, and at one point, the uh, someone shoots a dick off. It's 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 I don't know. I don't know, kind of juvenile. Uh, all right. Then there's uh, then there's When the Yogurt Took Over. Uh, and When the Yogurt Took Over is a quick one. It's six minutes, and it's all kind of montage, expositional storytelling. There's no real character dialogue, really, or anything like that. Uh, and this one's more Pixar-y, I think, in terms of animation style. Um, and what happens in this one is it tells the story of how Scientists were experimenting with yogurt and this special strain of DNA to do something, and didn't like it didn't work. But this one woman took it home with her to kind of put into her own yogurt, and over the course of the night, the yogurt gained sentience from being spliced with this strain of DNA, and during that time, solved the issue of cold fusion. Uh, They wanted to be taken to her leader, and then the they they discovered a way to actually uh, reverse the national debt. But Americans were, were like we don't really want to follow your plan, like, we're going to totally follow your plan, and like, the yogurts were like, you have to follow everything precisely, or your goal to go to ruin, and naturally, Americans didn't do that, and so America goes into, you know, some horrible, you know, depression, all while the yogurt was gifted the state of Ohio, and so the, the so Ohio is great, but everywhere else in America sucks, and eventually, the yogurt develops uh, intergalactic space travel, and they take these big old spaceships, and they leave the planet, uh so yeah that's uh that's when the yogurt took over very funny and i think that's all the ones that justin and i yeah. are gonna cover um of those i would say i mean it's hard to rank them but i know that because especially since stylistically and thematically they're so different um the comment the comedian the comedic ones were definitely three robots and when the yogurt took over uh, i would say those are certainly uh, open to all ages super funny um Sunny's Edge, The Witness, I think are the ones that are probably more sexual uh, of the ones that we've we've watched and then uh I would say Sucker of Souls suits have a lot of violence uh cuz there's just a lot of it's all about combat and so they're like fighting monsters and stuff like that. Um like Justin, I think it's great. Like this is this is awesome. Like this is so good. Uh 5 to 20 minutes, they're all quick hits. I hope they keep doing this Netflix, please keep doing this. Just get a second round of this. I love seeing all these different anime styles. I don't necessarily like every story, obviously, but different tastes, you know? Some people might love the stories that I don't like, uh, and vice versa. Um, they're not super heavy investments. You don't really need anything uh, that going into it. Uh, it's lo- It's awesome seeing all these different, like, uh, an- you know, an- animation styles, like going from the kind of the Pixar styles to kind of more old school cel-shaded stuff. Uh, so super recommend it. Uh, really, really great. If you haven't started watching Love, Death, and Robots, uh, I would definitely recommend that you do so. All right, so I have some questions for a bunch of different ones, and I'll just do them. In yeah, order. I feel like this is going to be a hard quiz because there's like so many different like things to remember from a bunch of different ones. But I'll give it my I'll give it my best. I mean, it's going to be hard to beat my score, so we'll try.
1: We'll try. All <laughs> right, so uh, we'll start off with Ice Age. When they open up the freezer for the first time, and they notice the like medieval age what was the major source of resource they were using to cultivate
0: in the freezer in order to survive do you remember what that was um hmm like the i, I remember there was like frozen mammoths
1: yeah so um, the frozen mammoths what they found in the ice cube and then when they open it up they, it was like at the medieval age right because time accelerates in there during that time yeah, they i were, definitely they remember they were saying that doesn't
0: yeah that doesn't make there's something she doesn't make sense about the medieval age I don't remember I do remember the moment where she's like that doesn't seem consistent that seems out of out of out of pace so they were harvesting um, froze oh, sorry thank you for sharing. froze um damn it. um was it peas damn it it was peas.
1: But I, I let my cards open too quickly. It was peas. Yeah, it was frozen it, peas. It was peas. Yeah.
0: Frozen peas. Yeah. 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 Son of a bitch! You gotta, you gotta, you gotta let me ramble a bit first, and then eventually I'll say I'll give up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that's the only one I have for Ice Age. I think I was getting there anyway. You just helped me get there faster. Alright, the the so next one was anyway, from Sunny's Edge, um, and he's actually answer okay. this: Why does she fight? Um And yeah, she so, she fights because like she's like literally it's in her mind like she's getting the revenge. She's actually cutting through them, and I mean. We we're talking about why she fights, not why she fights yeah, better yeah, than everybody else, yeah, yeah. right? So that's why she fights. Yeah, yeah. There the men who tortured her. So basically, that was the right because there is another twist. There's another question about why yeah, does she have an Why edge. she actually is good? And I really don't want to. I don't want to spoil that. So like I know we and spoil a lot stuff in here, it's, but it's definitely watch it. It's really cool. Yeah. All right. So uh, which I think Sunny Edge was my
1: favorite. All right. So there's a second yeah. one. third one was three robots. What is a basketball called according to the robots?
0: Oh God, darn it! Um, a bouncing something. I don't know. They had bouncing in it. Something maybe. I don't remember. Go ahead. It's an
1: entertainment
0: sphere. Entertainment okay. sphere. Okay, okay, okay.
1: Uh, sure, which sure. robot is best? Robot too? This is your second question from that one. From
0: from what? From those three robots, which one's the best one? Uh, like my my personal like what I. No, what I which one is best clearly best? the best one? See now I have to sort of read into your crazy stupid mind and figure out what you think, because I know which one I think is the funniest. Cause I think that the, the triangle triangle what's that? It might align, it might be the same. You know? I think the triangle the, the pyramid one is hilarious. Uh super funny. Uh yeah. So that's the one I would go for. Uh you're um, correct, because every
1: time she asks someone to take a picture, she says, say terabyte. <laughs> great. So yes, so that one funny. is the best one.
0: Dude, they're in the diner, and she just walks up to the diner and she starts acting like she's going through the process. They're like there's a dead human corpse, like in a funny way, uh, at the diner's countertop. And she just, she puts on a hat. She puts on a trucker's hat and she starts <laughs> going around filling orders. Jesus oh, you oh, great. All right.
1: Uh, the fourth one, and we'll talk about the witness. Um, describe to the best of your ability the condition that she found Vladimir in. In a way that is also accessible on a PG podcast. So, she finds Vladimir, and he's in a particular state. Can you describe to me what is going on with Vladimir at the time she finds him?
0: Is so. This is this is from the witness. This isn't the vampire, the, the right? witness from the witness. So, wasn't Vladimir okay? So, Vladimir is the guy who kind of runs the club. Mm-hmm. So he opens the door. He's got like a big old rubber suit. That's on not him. that's not Vladimir. That's
1: just one of the guys that she works oh. with.
0: So who's who's Vladimir?
1: She eventually gets to his room.
0: <gasps> oh, is that the one where she he's masturbating? No, no. Wait, which, wait. Who's who's Vladimir? I'm trying to understand which one's Vladimir.
1: She gets to his room. Open. and That's where she finds the gun.
0: Oh my god, I don't remember. I guess I don't. I guess I don't remember this part huh i can't i can't picture vladimir right now because i thought vladimir was like the uh the dude no nah, I was just door. a weird friend of hers i guess okay. was- yeah I-, I don't know
1: then he was laying down naked with a mask on covered in paint it looked like ah. and you could totally see his twig and berries and everything next to another dominatrix uh i assume high on some type of narcotic oh, wow.
0: look at you with your judgments because a person can't just choose to do that when they're in their rational state of mind they can't just right do I'm, it. I'm, I'm sorry don't I'm not... kink shame people i actually mean uh, that how, seriously. how dare i uh i am serious stereotype the opiate world my bad I, I How, sorry. Why are you calling that the opiate world? Like you don't know that's the opiate world, right? They're Maybe it's just like to lay there covered in. Did pain. you see? Did you see any drug use? I actually didn't see any drug use. It was all other stuff too, man. Sure, yeah, it's a bunch of weird stuff. I'm just assuming. I'm assuming. Take take your criticism and your shaming uh, out of this podcast. I'm so that. sorry. I apologize. All right, so there's that one. Uh, next one's from Suits. What is uh,
1: what is the big creature better than? So he says, so when he's talking to, I assume it's his wife, and he says, this thing's better than blank. When he sees the big old, the big Mondo creature.
0: Yeah. I remember that. I don't remember the answer to the question. Let me see. It's better than, huh? Oh my God. I want to say that there was a pussycat joke. That is in uh, Soul, A Sucker of Souls. Yeah, but I still think there was another pussycat joke in here, because then doesn't the old woman say something like that? Uh, I don't recall. Go ahead. What is it? It is better than her mother on their wedding day. Yeah, oh, that's right. On their wedding. Yeah. Okay. I remember that line now. Okay. All right. All right
1: next one we're talking about is going to be Sucker of Souls. Holy crap.
0: Uh, how many questions are on this quiz? Well,
1: I did like one for each and some of them had two. Like I've had two for ro- three robots because okay. it's it's a great one. Sorry, right. I already beat you, all so right. it doesn't really matter. Yeah, you beat me once you uh, started the whole description. Anyways, what is the best line from Sucker Souls? There's a few of them. Um, there is uh, the line where he says, Where are the fucking cats? And then they go, Oh, the cats are up there fucking. There's that one. Yeah. There's uh, this monster's going to try and eat our ass. And there's a line about eating out ass. Then the. There's another line where it's like, this isn't the first time we're eating a little to get you in trouble. So what's the best line of that entire thing? So there's a whole bunch of them.
0: Is um, it between those three? Or are you giving me it a could be anything choice? it could be anything. Because okay, I don't think it's any of those. Because I okay. thought the I thought they 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 over like the the joke about the the pussycat joke overstayed its welcome. Like with the whole like this isn't the first time that I got in a little trouble about that. They actually made that joke like two or three times, and it was and, and it almost and only mildly landed the first time, and then they kept like going after it, and it wasn't funny. Uh, so I didn't really find that one particularly funny. I think they were trying too hard. There's
1: lots of jokes in this one. Lots. Of
0: jokes. Uh, I definitely like the. um I like the the cat one, though, like when they're on the rafters and you actually get the visual, uh, yeah. <laughs> the visual scene of them actually having sex, which was hilarious. So that one was kind of funny. I also think sneaky funny was the part in the beginning when the vampire grabs – not towards the beginning uh, – grabs the big mercenary guy and he starts speaking in some other language and – and the the mercenary guy's like, "What does he say?" And the professor's like, "He says you are a war- you are clearly a warrior." And he's like, "Darn right I am." And then the, the professor actually continues the translation. And He's just like, um, "And that he's going to enjoy like feasting on your feasting on your still beating heart." And he's like, "Oh well, you know, there's that." Um, so of the ones that you gave me, I would definitely say the cat one with the rafters because I thought it was a not just a funny visual gag but also a funny like play on language like where are the fucking cats and like you literally look on the rafters and they're having sex so it was a fun little guy so that would probably be. i'll I'll
1: agree agree with that i think that was the best one uh but yeah overall it was a funny it was a funny thing but it's also hyper hyper violent with a very super violent anatomically correct for the uh medieval times uh vampire penis so you know um he clearly wasn't of the uh uh, Yiddish okay. descent, uh, to, to put
0: it in that way, I guess. What? What are you? I don't even know what you are talking about. Okay, but yeah, yeah, okay, sure.
1: All right, so that one. Uh, last one was when the yogurt takes over. Uh,
0: yeah. What was the leverage that the yogurt used to obtain Ohio? Uh, yeah. So they they give a they they want Ohio from America and America like the American president and the various cabinet members or whatever. They start laughing when the yogurt demands it uh and then the yogurt's like okay fine well we'll just go to china because they offered us an entire province and then that's when america's like okay never mind we're, we're on board you are correct sir they offered them an entire province and that is the end of it so looking at the end of this you have
1: we get one, two, three, four, five. Five correct out of eight so five out of eight All right. Um, all right all
0: a uh, cincinnati uh bf in in my town so uh let me take it let me just double check the math in here to so make sure i got it right so it's a zero plus zero plus zero i should get like a point 10 for tactical nope. plus zero all right plus, you said tactical it's tactics But right. those aren't the same words if you would have said tactics we could talk but that's not what you said uh okay all right so yeah so it's a uh, five points for me zero for you and let's close move one. on to that's close one this week let's move on to new challenges uh you got something uh, I have a bunch, and so
1: I, all of them are supposed to be good. I don't know what you've – what you've. Okay. So I'm going to give you a choice. So there's okay. four here. So there's the show You, which is on Netflix. These are all Netflix things.
0: You is a – Is a you DJ. the one about this creepy stalker guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's Yeah, you. I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch that. There's OA. I don't know if you've watched that yet at all. I have watched OA, actually. Yeah, I haven't watched hey. the second season yet, but I did watch the first season. There, Except for the last episode, then
1: we can get it. Then we can Then I can tra- challenge you for the first two episodes of the second season. So there's that. We can do that. Um, Bates Motel. I don't know if you've watched that at all yet, but I've heard it's actually. I watched the first years. season, but I never stuck with it.
0: And then Hateful Eight. So you have those are the. Four I actually, weeks. haven't seen Hateful Eight yet. so we can that do that. Hateful Eight. Why don't time. we do that? Because that's a that's a crying shame that I haven't seen that yet. All right, so that's <laughs> a,
1: a Hateful Eight. I've been told to watch that multiple times. Um, okay, and so that's a. Uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino film that we can watch. So, there oh, yeah, yeah, yeah for
0: sure. All right, Justin, uh, uh, you're gonna have to, as you're editing this, you're gonna have to do some, uh, some special editing because we, we said some naughty language, uh, as we <laughs> reference various things. And so, I'm just gonna add another one, uh, on top of here because I would like you to watch. I'm just f-ing with you. Yeah, I thought uh, about giving that one on to Hulu. you. Too. I thought yeah. about
1: giving that one to you.
0: Yeah, yeah. It looks actually pretty good. It looks kind of fun. Um, right. so it's a, it's a new Hulu original from Gloomhouse. Um, up on hulu looks pretty funny all right but also kind of creepy so it's a creepy funny you know to brother and sister get terrorized or something like that at a motel by some dude who's just constantly saying i'm just fucking with you it's a weird looking show i will say that uh it's a movie i think i think it's a movie so uh, yeah, yeah it's a movie all right justin and so that is it for this week's episode so if you like what you're hearing Uh, Could you be so kind as to go up on the old iTunes or some other site where you're getting our podcast and give us a nice little rate rating or review? that would be very nice. Uh, If you have any ideas about what Justin and I can challenge each other with, uh, maybe hit us up on the old social media platforms. I'm on Twitter at Lollygagger Co. Justin's on Twitter at, what is it, JD Buys or Buys 86, something like that. Okay, so at JD buys. Uh, Justin hasn't been able to do some too much so much twitch twitching lately. But if he does, he'll be at twitch.tv/jahufa. Maybe one day he'll go back and actually play the Leon side of Resident Evil Two force Gabe his, is demanding it, so probably. I feel like happen. I feel like you owe it to Gabe and I, uh, and I feel like you owe it to our listeners. Uh, and yeah, uh, I think that's about it. So Justin, what I would like you to do All right, here we is go. Uh, let's see what I want you to do. I would like you to give us your perfect sunday
1: all right so you'd have to start off by waking up at 10 a.m all right and if you don't if you do wake up early maybe play a little video games and fall asleep about an hour later after that ice cream ice cream dinner ice cream bed and that's that's the perfect sunday to me perfect sunday i have diabetes